When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Did you know? Over 100 games for the Nintendo 64 never saw the light of day, and in these videos, we'll touch on every single one of them. However, we won't be including games that had an N64 version planned, but saw a release on other platforms, such as Dragon Quest VII. We also won't be including games that were reworked into a new game, such as Dinosaur Planet, which ultimately released to Star Fox Adventures. We're also not including rumored games with no evidence to back them up, such as the rumored Timber the Tiger game from Rare. In short, we're only showing truly cancelled titles. Since we're talking about a Nintendo system, we might as well start with Nintendo's own games. One of the most discussed N64 games that never released was Super Mario 64 2. Following the release of Super Mario 64, a sequel was underway for the 64 disk drive add-on. Mario creator Shigeru Miyamoto wanted to take advantage of the system's storage capabilities and implement ideas that were absent from the original game. In an interview with Nintendo Dream in September 1997, Miyamoto said Luigi was already in the game and that simultaneous multiplayer was on the cards. In Volume 104 of Nintendo Power, the Ask Dan segment also said a writable Yoshi was another feature in the game. By 1999, sources such as Famitsu claimed the sequel would be released that year, but in reality, the game didn't get far along before being shelved. This wasn't the only cancelled Mario game for the N64. The Mario Artist series of games was planned to have a few more entries. In addition to the Mario Artist software released for the 64DD, there were four more titles in development. These games were Graphical Message Maker, Game Maker, Sound Maker, and Video Jockey Maker. Little is known about them, but given their descriptive names, it's assumed players would be able to create music videos, send virtual greeting cards to friends, and even make their own video game, likely with heavy limitations for each one. A number of these games were were also planned to go online through Randnet. As mentioned in our video on the released Mario Artist software, Soundmaker spun off from a proposed feature for Mario Paint Studio, but due to many complications behind the scenes, it was shelved, alongside the three other titles. Another cancelled N64 game that generally goes unnoticed is Emperor of the Jungle. Emperor of the Jungle was based on Osamu Tezuka's long-running series Jungle Emperor Leo or Kimba the White Lion. This licensed game was being developed by Nintendo in a joint venture with Tezuka Productions and overseen by Shigeru Miyamoto. Osamu Tezuka's eldest son, Makoto Tezuka, also served as the game's director. A demo of the game was first showcased at Space World 96 in a press conference featuring Miyamoto, Tezuka, and Nintendo Communications Director Hiroshi Imanishi. Early reception for the game was positive, and the game was set to bring in a new age of adventure games. It was aiming for a Spring 98 release, but in an interview during E3 that year for Brazilian magazine Nintendo World, Miyamoto said the game ran into some issues. He said Tezuka was extremely busy and not a game designer by trade, though Nintendo gave him advice wherever possible. The title was set to be completed for 1999, but by the time the Game Developers Conference rolled around in March that year, Miyamoto had more bad news. IGN had asked him about what project he believed was his biggest blunder, to which he replied, I cannot tell you specifically what title it was, but a while ago we asked a popular celebrity to become a game director, and together with me he was going to make a game, but that celebrity was too busy to concentrate on game design, so even though he spent a lot of time working on the game, we could not release it to the market. It's safe to say he was referring to the fate of Emperor of the Jungle, which was quietly swept under the rug by the end of the year. Coincidentally, an earlier Kimba game was also cancelled, being made for the Famicom in 1990.
One cancelled N64 game you've probably never heard about before was the oddly titled Cabbage. Cabbage was a virtual pet simulator game first announced in 1997, being made by the likes of Miyamoto, Shigesato Itoi, and Tsunakazu Ishihara. According to an interview from 64 Dream Magazine, the name stemmed from Itoi, who had randomly blurted out the name one day and it ended up sticking. Satoru Iwata also had a hand in the project, and it apparently flew under the radar of company president Hiroshi Yamauchi. Cabbage was being developed for the 64DD, as Miyamoto wanted the game to have a clock function, where events could occur when the system wasn't powered on, such as your creature evolving into a different creature. It was also planned to work with the Game Boy Transfer Pack, with players being able to transfer the pet and carry it around with them, similar to Pokémon. The game's release would have been followed up with additional discs that had extra toys for the creatures to play with, which could be swapped with friends. Cabbage was planned to have a playable showing at Space World 2000, but nothing ever surfaced. Although Cabbage was cancelled, some of the game's ideas were used in other Nintendo titles, such as Animal Crossing, Nintendogs, and possibly more. He also recalled Itoi and Ishihara being rather busy with other things at the time, such as Itoi working on the ill-fated Mother 3 for N64, and Ishihara overseeing the then-newly-formed Pokémon Company. Nintendo also had a number of smaller games planned for their 64DD add-on. One title, named DD Sequencer, was some kind of music creation software that appeared on RanNet's homepage. Nothing else is known about it, though the title was listed next to Mario Soundmaker on RanNet, implying it was an entirely separate game. Another game was also listed on RanNet called Digital Space Newspaper. This title would have given 64DD users access to news related to horse racing, baseball, and Formula One racing. Considering the title would likely have displayed in 240p or 360p, reading long articles through this service would probably have become tedious fairly quickly. Another title named Wall Street DD was made to simulate the ups and downs of the stock market, and was quoted by IGN as the killer app of the 64DD. Now although that's all of Nintendo's cancelled first-party offerings, many cancelled games were made in collaboration with Nintendo. The elusive title Cat Roots was developed by Marigal, a company partly owned by Nintendo. Footage of the game was shown off at E3 2000, featuring a cat and mouse engaging in cartoon violence, in this case the cat being hunted down by the mouse. The demo showcased some impressive animation for the console, but didn't give a solid indication of what the game's genre would be. The game didn't make any notable appearances outside this showing, and was never seen again. Another canned N64 title was a basketball game called Monster Dunk. The title was in development at Mindscape, one of Nintendo's partners under the Dream Team label when the N64 was codenamed Project Reality and Ultra 64. It was announced at E3 95 and was set to have stunning effects produced by Silicon Graphics workstations. Monster Dunk was described as a haunted NBA jam, with famous monsters facing off in two-on-two -two matches and court hazards like hands coming out of the floor to grab the player's legs. By late 96, Mindscape ran into financial difficulties and cut back on their video game output, with Monster Dunk being one of the cancelled games. Another company that worked closely with Nintendo during this era was DMA Design, who would later become Rockstar North. The studio made a few unreleased games with input from Nintendo. The racing game Go-Karts never had an official reveal and went away as quietly as it came. All that's left of the project are a few prototype images of racers, carts, and a presumed logo for the game itself. It's speculated that Nintendo was the publisher. A more ambitious project DMA had in mind for the system was a title called Zenith. During development of one of the studio's other projects, Body Harvest, a game under the name Climber started to make the rounds, with only the name to go on, some speculated this was a game based off of the NES title Ice Climber, though it was more of a racer. The game was said to be published by Nintendo and had a mix of platformer and racing elements, being described by one developer as a vertical obstacle course. The locations of the races would range from medieval times to the Wild West. The aforementioned Body Harvest was going through development issues, and the studio had to come to a tough decision. Body Harvest was the studio's top priority, meaning Zenith had to be put on the back burner. Some members of the Zenith team moved over to Body Harvest, while several others left the company altogether when frustration reached a boiling point. Still, the decision to cancel Zenith ensured Body Harvest came out at all. One of the most lamented losses to the N64 library was a Pokémon title, which went under the name Pocket Monsters RPG and sometimes called Pocket Monsters DD. It's thought the game would have been in line with the main Pokémon series, but for home consoles. The only first-hand mention of it was in a 1997 interview with Miyamoto, conducted by Electronic Gaming 
monthly. When asked about the game's progress, he said 10 people were currently working on the game, and that while it was planned to come out in Japan, a US release was still up in the air. In a 1998 IGN article, the site listed four upcoming Pokemon N64 games, Pokemon RPG, Hey You Pikachu, Pokemon Snap, and Pokemon Stadium, implying Pokemon RPG was an entirely different game than Stadium, despite both being turn-based. Another studio with a close relationship to Nintendo is the legendary Rare. One can title, Velvet Dark, was planned to be a sister title to Perfect Dark. It would have fittingly focused on Joanna Dark's presumed sister, Velvet, expanding on her character and the overall Perfect Dark universe. As opposed to the series' FPS roots, this game was said to be more of a third-person adventure game with elements of stealth, taking a page from Metal Gear Solid. Development started sometime in 99, and a trademark was filed for the game in January 2000. Just one month later, news broke of Rare registering the domain VelvetDark.com. Pre-production was done on the game for roughly a year, but it didn't go any further than that, never getting the official green light. The cover of the game's design doc was later uploaded to Twitter by designer Greg Mails in July 2015, with a marked date of October 30th, 2000. Though he didn't share the details of what was inside, the table of contents gave a few clues as to what was planned. Some of these ideas include plot details, a multiplayer mode, and connectivity with the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. Speaking of cancelled games with Game Boy connectivity, the Wars series had an entry planned for the N64, developed not by the usual intelligence systems, but rather by Hudson Soft, who made a few Wars entries on Game Boy. Similar to other games in the series, such as Advance Wars, the game used a 2D map for moving troops during gameplay. It also had two-player support and was planned to connect with Game Boy Wars 2 via the transfer pack. Players would be able to start a match on the 64, keep the battle going on on Game Boy, and go back to the 64 to finish it. The game was shown at Space World 1999 and was said to be released on January 29th that year for a retail price of 6,800 yen. It's not known why it was cancelled, but it seems to have gotten pretty far along in development. Developer Realtime Associates was making an RPG titled Mystics for the N64, though it's unknown just when it was being made. The NES World website documented a blurb about what the game might have entailed from the studio's president, David Warhol, dated to February 19th, 2008. According to him, the game was all about real-time spellcasting. Up to four players would collect mana based on water, earth, sky, and air to use it offensively or defensively. The game also had a single-player mode centering on on this mechanic, and Illusion Machines was brought on to assist with game design. Nintendo had commissioned a prototype, but allegedly backed out not long after. The company had considered reworking the game as a WiiWare title years later, but nothing came from that either. Another cancelled game was a third-person adventure title named Rika, which was being developed by Bit Studios with Nintendo as publisher. The Rika name first surfaced October 27, 1998, when Nintendo of America registered the domain name Rika.com. In April 99, Nintendo Power would confirm the domain was for an upcoming title. In the game, players took control of a female character named Rika, with comparisons being made to both Tomb Raider and Rare's Perfect Dark. The game was playable at E399 and was on track for a 2000 release, but come the new year, Nintendo hadn't shared any more info. Bit Studios told IGN things were going smoothly, but no further updates came out, and there were rumors that Rika had shifted over to the GameCube. In June 2016, footage of the game surfaced online, uploaded by a user on the Assembler Games forums who worked at Bits in the late 90s. In addition to this, he clarified the game was more of an adventure title akin to Ocarina of Time, having sprinkles of open-world gameplay and three playable characters. The the reason it was cancelled was due to the N64 nearing the end of its life cycle by 2000. He also said Bits was a small studio and were working on two other games, with the higher-ups deciding to cancel Rika and reallocate the team to other projects. The unreleased title Klepto was a stealth-based adventure by Utopia Technologies and Sandbox Studios. One of the game's developers, Atman Binstock, wanted to make a third-person game featuring a grappling hook, inspired by the Umihara Kawase series. It would have been set in a sci-fi world and missions could be tackled in multiple ways, sneaking into a room undetected, or throwing caution to the wind and fighting your way out of a jam. The grappling hook would interact with enemies and could be upgraded with different weapons and gadgets. A playable demo was put together for E3 1999, and multiple parties, Nintendo included, showed interest in publishing the title, but ultimately backed out. Nintendo did suggest they bring the title over to the GameCube, but the team's budget didn't allow for it. The N64 had several canned titles from Paradigm Entertainment Entertainment, who had a close relationship with Nintendo. The company had its roots in making realistic flight sims for various clubs.
clients, some involving space travel and military training. Nintendo contacted the company in 94 to assist with a launch game for the N64, and Paradigm took it upon themselves to convert another piece of software titled VX Vampire XDV7 to the N64 as well. XDV7 was visually impressive for the time, likely because it was a military training sim. Screenshots from the sim were sent to magazines, boasting the N64 could faithfully recreate the visuals. In reality, the title was running on the Silicon Graphics Onyx Reality Engine, hardware more advanced than the N64. It's believed XDV7 was put on hold so Paradigm could focus on making Pilot Wings 64 with Nintendo. Following Pilot Wings' success, Paradigm's entertainment division spun off into its own company, solely focusing on game development. One of their next projects would be a follow-up to Pilot Wings 64. On June 18, 1997, IGN reported on a statement from Paradigm during E3. Head of development Gary Bandy simply said, there will be a sequel to Pilot Wings, and Paradigm is working on it. They also said the game was in its early stages, and there were talks of releasing it on the 64DD. Though by February 98, the game tentatively titled Pilot Wing 64-2 was shelved. The reason for cancellation was due to Nintendo having their hands full with other projects. They couldn't provide resources despite seeing promise in the game. Another canned game from Paradigm was Harrier 2000, to be published by the Japan-based video system. It was a flight sim originally named Flights of the UN. A preview of the game in GamePro's October 98 issue said it was roughly 60% complete. They also said the game would release in December, before it was pushed back to Summer 99 in the US and Fall 99 for the UK. It also received another name change to Harrier 2001. Despite the game's progress, Video System told IGN the game was put on indefinite hold that November. In December, IGN obtained documents relating to a lawsuit paradigm filed against the publisher earlier in May. The suit mainly referred to a lack of resources and finances provided by Video System, with Video System telling Paradigm to cease all production on the game on April 16, 1999. Another flight sim that never saw the light of day was F-18 Super Hornet. Published by Titus and developed by Digital Integration, the game was set to have accurate flight physics, realistic graphics, and a two-player battle mode. It was planned for a late 99 release, but was cancelled before it could take off. Other sim games planned to come to the system included XS W1, which was in development at Video System. The only proof of its existence comes from the name showing up on a release list of upcoming titles in the April 97 issue of N64 Magazine. Based on the name and the developer's portfolio, it was likely planned as some sort of flight or war title. The game Lethal Encounter was in the works at British studio Digital Image Design. Like Paradigm, Digital Image had their hand in flight sims, with notable clients including the Royal Air Force and British Airways. Lethal Encounter was a third-person action title, with its only showing in the August 98 issue of Edge magazine. The blurb about the game described it as a mix between Turok and Battlezone, with elements reminiscent of Star Fox 64. Every one of Digital Image's titles had been published by Ocean Software from 1989 to 1998, but in 98, Ocean merged with French publisher Infogrames, becoming Infogrames UK. Following the takeover, several key members of Digital Image left the company, including co-founder Martin Kenwright, who formed Evolution Studios in 99. It's assumed Lethal Encounter was a casualty of the buyout, as no further updates surfaced. Developer GameTech revealed Robotech Crystal Dreams shortly before the N64's launch. Based on the 80s sci-fi anime of the same name, the game featured four-person multiplayer, Rumble support, and over 40 minutes of voiceover spanning 15 characters. Originally slated for a late 96 release, it was pushed back to 97. That same year, Game Tech ran into financial troubles, filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. By late 97, only one person was still actively working on the game, with the rest of the studio working on other projects. Despite all this, Game Tech assured fans Robotech was alive and kicking, with all hands on deck come January 98. The game was shown at that year's E3, but there there was still much uncertainty behind the scenes. Robotech struggled to find a publisher, with GameTech considering self-publishing, even with the odds against them. By July 98, however, the dream was dead. A former Game Tech employee told IGN, We came in on Monday, July 20 to work as usual, and there was a sign on the door saying Game Tech was closed due to bankruptcy. We were allowed to pick up our personal belongings, and that was the end. Game Tech ran out of money. Not all was lost, though, as following Game Tech's closure, a developer acquired an N64 dev kit and dumped Robotech's ROM online, being the build from E3 98. One mysterious cancelled N64 game is Okuuchi Gengoru Ika. Practically nothing is 
known about the game's subject matter, but in 2005, a prototype cartridge of the game was sold at a Japanese auction for roughly 57,000 yen. Only a few screenshots of the game were posted online, but based on the images and brief blurbs about it on Japanese blogs, it seems to have been some kind of family simulator. Developer Culture Brain had plans for a baseball title called Ultra Baseball 64, an entry in their baseball simulator series. It's not known when it would have been released or why it was scrapped, though it's likely to have stayed in Japan. Culture Brain's USA division was responsible for reworking the studio's games in an effort to appeal to Westerners. Despite their efforts, their games sold very poorly in the West. Keeping to the theme of sports, Soccer 64 was being developed by Hudson Soft. The game was only ever mentioned in the UK-based N64 magazine in April 97, shown in a list of then-upcoming titles for the console. It was listed as to be announced for Japan, with no release date for other regions, so it likely didn't get far in development. The 64 disk drive was planned to be the home for a title called Desert Island 64. It centered on players surviving on a deserted island, taking elements from RPGs, platformers, and real-time simulators like The Sims. It was first shown off at Space World 96 under the name Super Real Island. Developer Imagineer's plans to set their sights on the DD effectively shot them in the foot. On August 2nd, 1999, IGN reported the game resurfaced under a new name, Desert Island, saying the studio was wondering whether to make the game for the base N64 console or carry it over to Sega's then-upcoming Dreamcast system. It's believed its cancellation was due to Imagineer running into financial issues at the time, with when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Desert Island being affected by this. All that survives of the project are a handful of screenshots, a few pieces of concept art, and scans from 1998 issues of German magazine Nintendo Fun Vision, as well as text from an unknown magazine. Though the N64 library had a poor selection of RPGs, a fair number of role-playing games were planned for the console. As well as Desert Island 64, the company Imagineer was planning a sequel to Quest 64. Come January 26th of 1999, IGN gave a preview of what was to come, giving details on the story and some gameplay ideas. Quest 64 had a mixed reception, but Imagineer aimed for bigger and better with the sequel. It would have had better visuals and overall performance, less restrictive movement, and a sidekick called the Guardian, being compared to Ocarina of Time's Epona by IGN. The game would have also had a money system in place, with players earning money from enemies and being able to spend it on new weapons and the like. It seemed to be shaping up nicely and was shooting for a release by the end of 99, but soon got the axe, likely due to Imagineer's financial issues. Only a few pieces of concept art were ever uncovered. Studio Pixel Play was working on an RPG title called Blades of Passage, planned as a launch title for the 64DD's North American debut. The game was envisioned as a 3D update to classic RPG titles such as Secret of Mana. One of the developers at Pixel Play, Richard Knight, recalled the game's troubled development on his website. When he joined the team, the game was already in a tough spot. With the DD's North American launch cancelled, devs were ordered to move any incomplete projects to the GameCube. The team had a lot of hope for the game as it was their first project. However, the game was nowhere near complete, even after three years of development. With its cancellation, Pixel Play reformed into Orbital Media and swapped in 64 dev kits for Game Boy advance kits. A handful of screenshots have been found for Blades of Passage, as well as the game's logo. Developer David Richeson also showcased several pieces of concept art in a demo reel in 2007. Quest for Camelot 64 was based on the titular 1998 animated film and was planned to work with the 64DD. The game was being made by Titus and was scheduled for release in the second quarter of 98. Ultimately though, Quest for Camelot didn't get past the planning stages, and after the movie proved to be a box office bomb, the game was scrapped entirely. Unfortunately, 
Unfortunately for them, Titus then devoted their resources to finishing Superman 64. A Quest for Camelot title did come to the Game Boy Color, published by Titus France, but the game was conceptually different due to the vastly different specs of the two systems. Another disk drive title was DT64, developed by Marigal and Game Studio. It appeared in a list of upcoming games put out by IGN in January 98 and was the most mysterious of the lineup. It later went under the name Bloodmaster and centered around card collecting and trading. The game was planned to be the first title to connect the 64DD and Game Boy, with the Game Boy version of DT featuring a slot on the top that connected to the console. It was shown at Space World 99, albeit only in logo form, and a display of the consoles linking together via the GB connection cable. IGN reported a release date for some time in 2000, but the N64 version was ultimately cancelled. That said, a DT game called Lords of Genomes did come out for the Game Boy Color in 2001, exclusively in Japan. A screenshot of a blue-haired boy from the N64 version appears on the box art of the Game Boy game, indicating some carryover from the original title. Even the likes of Konami wanted to bring RPGs to the N64, such as with Dear Blue. The game's name appeared in the March 98 issue of Nintendo Power and would soon appear on other lists of N64 games in development. These would prove to be the only mentions of the game, as the name never popped up anywhere again. It's possible the game may have had some connection to another Konami RPG series called Survival Kids, which had an entry on the DS titled Lost in Blue. A soundtrack for the earlier Konami title Salamander also features a song titled Dear Blue, though its relationship to the N64 game is uncertain. The game Project Cairo was previewed by IGN in November 97 and planned for a 99 release on the disk drive. It was in development at Crave Entertainment, or rather their studio Craveyard, who had a background in RPGs, previously working in the US division of Square. Details on the game are extremely vague, though the game was set to feature a major comic book license and a popular comic artist. Crave's Vice President Mark Burke said the game's more Western look would help set it apart from other RPGs that had anime art styles, and claimed the art went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Final Fantasy VII. Unseen 64 got in touch with former developer Ted Wolseley in April 2016, who explained the game never got past the scenario phase. It was also revealed a well-known fantasy writer based in Britain was involved at some point, though they were never name-dropped. One RPG for the system that sparked a lot of discussion was actually a fan remake of Chrono Trigger called Chrono Resurrection. Headed by Nathan Lazar, development began in 1999, after Lazar pondered what the original game would look like if it made the jump to 3D. After brushing up on his programming skills, he set to make that dream a reality. He chose the N64 over the PS1 as it was something he was much more familiar with tech-wise, and he was a fan of Nintendo. The game would have featured two different modes, one that was more in line with the original game with a high amount of detail and a variety of 3D effects. The second mode would be in full 3D and would have a top-down view similar to the original game, requiring the console's expansion pack to run properly. It would have also had a gallery mode where players could unlock mini-games, as well as fan artwork and music tracks. Production on the N64 was halted in mid-2000 for several reasons, but resurfaced in April 2003 for systems such as the Xbox and GameCube. The nine-man team were shooting for a Christmas 2004 release, but legal troubles with Square put a stop to the project. After receiving a cease and desist, the team closed the project on September 6, 2004. RPGs weren't common on the N64, but platformers were the system's bread and butter. Though the genre was never in short supply, there could have been even more. D-Jump was a platformer being made for Dreamcast, PC, PS2, as well as the N64. Developed by Ubisoft Paris, it starred a Rastafarian character named D, jumping through various time periods and trying to find out why he's slowly turning into wood. The title had a few previews in European magazines, such as the October 98 issue of Gameplay 64. It was a apparently supposed to be a launch title for the PS2 in European markets, but the game was cancelled on all platforms. The release of the original Glover was enough of a success that a sequel was underway by July 1999. However, its cancellation stems from a uniquely unfortunate slip-up. A former programmer at Interactive Studios, James Steele, posted a blog entry detailing the story behind Glover 2's axing. Publisher Hasbro Interactive had ordered a production run of 150,000 units for the first Glover. If they sold through that number, Number, it would be seen as a success, which ended up happening and led to development for a sequel. However, Glover actually had twice the amount of units ordered, as Nintendo had a special where they were selling carts at a discount price. Somebody at Hasbro decided to put in an order for 300,000 carts, leaving the company with a pile of Glover 1 carts left over and no demand from retailers to take the extra stock. Hasbro grew to resent the brand and decided to cancel the sequel. A prototype of the game was dumped online in 2010, being around 60% complete. Eat.
Tonic Trouble DD was an expansion to adventure platformer title Tonic Trouble that would release after the cartridge version in 97. The expansion was cancelled, probably due to the DD's failure, but a sequel called Tonic Adventure was planned at one point for Dreamcast and PlayStation 2, which may have incorporated some content from the expansion. British studio Curved Logic had a platformer in the works called Jest, starring a jester's apprentice, Jax, who dreamt of becoming a jester. The journey took place in the land of Humorous, and level archetypes included the wild West, Hades, the North Pole, and Chicago. Footage was first shown at Space World 97, with the game scheduled for a late 98 release. It made a few more appearances at trade shows in video form, before falling off the radar completely by the end of 99. Another cancelled platformer was Space Jelly. This game was in development at Software Creations, and also went under the name Moon Jelly. It allegedly began life as a concept created by the Pickford brothers, who shopped the idea around to publishers. The brothers ended up leaving Software Creations around 95-96, but the studio continued working on the title. The game featured a character called Johnny Forbidden in a plot to save the Earth from a legion of space pirates. A few preview articles on the game noted its lack of publisher, which may be one reason the game never came out. Another platformer was Weekends, developed by Super Happy Fun Fun, though not much is known about it. NESWorld.com had stumbled across the website of one of the game's developers, who talked briefly about the title. It was described as a platformer in the vein of Mario, and players could play as either a boy or girl. A small blue companion named Weekend would help the player out and could be used for combination attacks or to break out of reach items. The game had no press and was just a prototype, only being in development for less than a year. It was cancelled due to the team being unable to fund the project, on top of being unable to find a publisher. Besides platformers, a fair share of action games were planned for the system as well. Created by Paradox Games, The Reign of Dogs and Cats had both action and strategy elements and was in development sometime around 98. What little is known about the game comes from one of its developers, Jeremy Townsend. His roles included project design, character modeling and animation, and team leadership. The game was his first professional project being fresh out of high school, and he blamed its eventual downfall partially to his lack of programming know-how at the time. He also claimed to have video footage of the game, though nothing has ever surfaced. Factor 5 also had a game in the works titled Thornado. First announced in April 97, the game also went under the name Turrican 64. The original name was changed when Factor 5 couldn't reach a deal with Turrican's original publisher and settled on a combination of the words Tornado and Thor for a new name. The story saw players defending Earth from aliens, and living up to its namesake, featured several wind-based weapons. The player could be a man or woman, and was planned to have simultaneous two-person multiplayer without the use of split-screen. This would have been done by lessening the detail of the characters, with the downgrade hidden by zooming out the game's camera. N64 Magazine showed a release window for 98, which which was later pushed back to 99. By 2000, the project moved to GameCube, though that version never materialized either. There were also talks of a disk drive version, which again never went anywhere. One cancelled game comes from Studio Z-Axis, who worked on a title called Rollerball, loosely based on the 1975 film of the same name. Taking place in a dystopian future and centering around an extreme death sport, many of the game's moves and attacks were apparently motion-captured from wrestlers and martial arts masters. The team originally shot for a 97 release, but it was pushed back to 98 and later 99, with MGM apparently telling IGN the release would coincide with a sequel to the original film. What's confusing about this is the fact that Rollerball never received a proper sequel, rather a remake that was released in 2002, which may link to the game's absence. Whatever the case, a logo and screenshot are the sole remnants of the project. There were also plans to release a version on the PS1. Another cancelled N64 game from Konami was an action game called Survivor Day One. Officially unveiled at E3 98, the game's name was leaked on Nintendo's own website earlier that April. Players took on the role of a genetically engineered humanoid life form, with the goal of escaping a crashed spaceship before it sunk. They also had to save a female companion trapped on board, all while fending off alien mutants who were also trying to escape. The October 98 issue of Game Pro claimed the game was 70% complete and would be out for the first quarter of 99. However, the press found Survivor's gameplay none too impressive. IGN made note of Konami bringing the game to their offices several times, and with each visit, it seemed to get worse and worse. Some issues included poor visuals, bad controls, and a terrible frame rate brought on by 
the game's semi-high resolution mode. Survivor itself became a sinking ship, and in December 98, Konami cancelled the game. Konami also had plans to bring the Contra series to the N64. A source from the company told IGN the game was being developed in-house and went under the name Contra Spirits 64. The only other details given were the classic Contra gameplay being remade in 3D, with the camera changing angles at times. Konami's US branch had no word on the game's existence, and by January 99, IGN's source came back with the news of the game's cancellation. The reason given was due to the Contra team disbanding and splitting up to work on other projects. Probably the title we know the least about on this entire list is Conscripts. The game was in development at Software Creations, and besides that, not much else is known about it other than it was an action strategy title that was cancelled. The game War Spirits was in the works at Candlelight Studios around 1998 for both the N64 and PS1. The game's lead programmer, Duncan Chambers, had the task of getting the game running on the N64 hardware. Chambers believed its cancellation was behind financial troubles and being unable to find a publisher, with Candlelight fizzling out not long after. As War Spirits was still in its demo phase, Chambers himself wasn't sure what it was about either. Another action title called Deadly Honor was being made by Tech Magic and had the involvement of everyone's favorite action star, Steven Seagal. In 1993, the studio announced an action game for the Super Nintendo called The Final Option, with Seagal as the lead. The game was scheduled for a 94 release before being delayed to 95 and later being cancelled. Come the N64, Tech Magic took another crack at the concept. By the end of March 98, however, IGN reported the game was on hold and was subsequently cancelled. The title First Samurai 64 was going to be a sequel to the Amiga game First Samurai and was developed by British studio Vivid Image. First Samurai 64 had elements of exploration and action a la Tomb Raider, and players could also take on foes one-on-one -on -one, similar to a single-screen fighting game. Vivid also had plans for a multiplayer mode, keeping in line with their history of multiplayer titles such as Street Racer and Scars. The game had a vague release date for 99, but nothing ever surfaced. Another cancelled N64 game was Magic Flute. This was apparently an action title in development at Sunsoft USA and had a 98 release date, with nothing more known about the project. A game based on the manga and anime Golgo 13 was in the works at Vic Tokai, which followed the life of a professional assassin for hire. IGN reported on it in June of 97, with Tokai telling them that it was three-fourths complete, possibly being ready for the end of that year. It's presumed the game was an update to an earlier NES title, but it was eventually cancelled with nothing to show for it. It may also have been a port of one of the PS1 Golgo 13 titles, but since the game was never shown, it's impossible to say without more information. One licensed title that did release on the N64 was a game based on the 96 film Mission Impossible. The original game released on the 64 in July 98, but it was planned to have a disk drive expansion where players would have access to extra levels. Though reception to Mission Impossible was lukewarm, developer Infogrames had a sequel planned. After a few months of work, the studio failed to hold on to the Mission Impossible license. The game was reworked into another licensed game for the PS2, La Femme Nikita, a French action thriller franchise. However, this game was also cancelled due to quote, economic reasons. In January 97, Tech Magic confirmed a game called Roto Gunners was being made for the N64. It would have featured arcade-style gameplay and had players control a helicopter. It can be assumed it didn't get too far along given the limited amount of info. Another cancelled title was developed by the company Sapphire. They worked on a title known as Young Olympians Mythos that was also known as, somewhat confusingly, Sapphire. It began life as an adventure title before turning into a fighter with RPG elements. It focused on five teenagers with the powers of the Greek gods, out to save the world from Hades. A GameSpot article claimed the game would release on N64 in summer 2000, with the possibility of it coming to other platforms. It would eventually make the jump to next-gen systems, and was going to be a part of an even larger franchise including a comic book and possibly a TV series. All plans for the franchise were ultimately shelved. A more obscure title was Bad Company. The game's head designer was Antonio Barnes, who'd worked on other unreleased games for the system including a title called Air Demons. It's also believed development of Bad Company took place at THQ. Air Demons was supposedly being developed by Sunsoft for 98, but aside from that, nothing else is known about these games. There was also a surprising amount of scrapped arcade revivals for the system, such as at Midway, where a Joust game was in the works. Cited as a 3D update to the 80s arcade game, the name Joust X and Joust 64 appeared in a number of magazines and website features. In January 97, IGN stated it would be out by that summer at the earliest, but nothing else ever surfaced. Joust eventually made its way to the console, in its original form via a Midway compilation released in 2000. Midway also had plans for a title called Centipede X, a shoot-em-up that was cancelled by 97. No further info has surfaced, though it was likely a 3D adaptation of the arcade
arcade classic Centipede. Developer Foley High Tech had three titles in development for the system at some point, but they likely didn't get far along as the company shut down in 96. All there is to go on are their names, being Silver Squadron, Defender X, and Sinistar X. Silver Squadron is presumed to be some sort of shooter, with the other two titles suspected to be reimaginings of the arcade games Defend and Sinistar. There's a fair number of shooters that missed the mark on the console as well. South Park, which released as a multi-platform title but found most of its footing on N64, was going to have a sequel. South Park 2 was in the works for a time, likely falling into the same FPS style of the first game. It was announced by CEO of Acclaim Greg Fishbach on January 12, 99, just one month after the first game released in North America. Given that Iguana Entertainment was responsible for South Park's N64 version, it's likely they would have done the same for the sequel. Still, for whatever reason, it never came out. Another canned FPS was Unreal 64, made by Epic Mega Games. At one point, there was a port in development for the 64DD, with the team's marketing director Mark Rain saying they'd rather tackle the DD as opposed to a cartridge. Although he believed making the game on cartridge would be possible, they'd have to make huge compromises to the game's visuals. Regardless, Unreal 64 never released, likely due to the failure of the 64DD. This wasn't the only classic shooter to get the boot. Doom 64 had a cancelled follow-up called Doom Absolution. It would have had a strong focus on multiplayer, with a midway rep stating Nintendo never gave them the tools to do a multiplayer in Doom 64. Development started shortly after the first Doom 64 released in spring of 97, and was cancelled nearly as quickly. In January 2019, Tim Haydelar, a level designer at Midway, posted on the Doom World fan site about Doom development stories, including facts about Absolution. He said a fair amount of levels had been completed, that the multiplayer was fully playable, and that levels took place on the moon or some similar type of surface. He cited the reasons for the game's cancellation was in part due to politics, mainly due to the Midway team putting most of their resources into Quake 64, believing it would be a smarter business decision than another Doom sequel, despite the franchise's popularity. The title Junglebots was a game being developed by Conceptual Realities. It centered on a desert island overrun by robotic animals, with the player given the task of hunting them down. IGN reported on the game on March 26, 1998, with the publisher Titus telling them it was planned for a quarter one 1999 release. By April 12, 1999, however, Titus confirmed the game had been cancelled. This was because the game wasn't coming together like they hoped, and they thought it would be a hard sell for the international market. One of the more interesting cases of a cancelled title comes with Tommy Thunder, developed by Player One and published by ASC Games. Its existence and eventual uncovering all stems from a link on Player One's website back in 97. Said link led to their FTP site, accessible to anyone who stumbled upon it. Two files labeled Robo64.zip and Tommy.zip were available for download, albeit password protected. It wasn't until November 2007 when a user on LostLevels.org was able to crack open the files. Robo 64.zip was attributed to the complete and released Robotron 64, and Tommy.zip to the unreleased Tommy Thunder. Recalling the project, Tommy Thunder's producer, George Weising, explained the game was submitted to Ken Lobb during his time at Nintendo, and eventually switched over to the PlayStation, hoping to reach the scope they envisioned for the game, though production didn't get far. The reason for its cancellation was due to Player One closing up shop, with studio president Holly Herzl citing bad luck with publishers. She felt they'd bet on the wrong horse, setting their sights on Sega's Dreamcast as opposed to Microsoft's Xbox. The can title Blade and Barrel was being developed by Chemco and Software Creations. Development on the title started April 1st of 95, with it planned as an Ultra 64 launch title named Ultra Combat in America. It was envisioned as a 3D update to the Atari title Combat, and featured four-person multiplayer. The game was showcased at several trade shows in Japan, and appeared in a number of European gaming magazines. Issue 106 of GamePro slated the game for a quarter 4.97 release, though this never came to pass. On October 23rd that same year, IGN reported its cancellation, though Kemco had plans to revamp the game completely before this happened. The Pickford Brothers site claims after John Pickford left Software Creations, the game was picked up by a Japanese publisher and became an on-rails shooter, with the publisher canning the game not long after. With games like The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask, the vaguely titled adventure game genre was another defining part of the N64's library. Shadowgate Rising was a joint project between Infinite Ventures and Image Space. The title was a sequel to Shadowgate 64, Trials of the Four Towers, slated for a late 99 release on N64 and PC. It starred a woman named Raven, and in March of 99, a comic book series centering on her was posted on the Shadowgate website, though the story was never finished. At some point during 
during development, the N64 version was shelved, and the team set their sights on the PC. Though in the end, nothing materialized. Dead Ahead was another title from Software Creations, being made in conjunction with Optical Entertainment. Originally slated for a Holiday 97 release, a preview in EGM described it as an adventure game with fighter elements similar to Tekken and RPG elements from Final Fantasy and Zelda. EGM even went on to say it could be the most genre-defining fighter since Street Fighter II. One notable team member was the game's composer, David Newman, who worked on films such as Bill & Ted's Excellent Adventure and The Flintstones. Despite having a talented lineup of developers, things weren't so great behind the scenes. The team's manager, Hayden Dalton, said that before production had even started, nobody wanted anything to do with the project. Another developer recalled the game on Reddit, saying their publisher Tommy wasn't a big name in the West when it came to video games, which was a problem. The team tried pitching the game to acclaim amongst a few other studios, but to no avail. A lack of interest led to the ambitious title being scrapped. One title in development at UK-based International Computer Entertainment, or ICE, was Spooky. The title was first shown off in late 97, depicting the player's task of saving an alien world from a race called the Archmorph. The player would do this by seeking out 30 pieces of a mirror, with some only being accessible after defeating certain enemies. The protagonist would have been able to mutate into three different forms, each with different fighting techniques and moves to solve puzzles, something akin to Majora's Mask. ICE also said the game featured real-time cutscenes with a comic book aesthetic. N64 Magazine's December 97 issue had the game slated for a vague 98 release, but alas, it never released. Another cancelled 64DD game comes from HAL Laboratory, titled Metal Slater Glory 2. This was a follow-up to the original 1991 title on Famicom, and would have utilized the add-on's unique features such as the internal clock and rewritable discs. For one reason or another, the game never came to be. But not all was lost for the series. Series creator Yoshimiru Hoshi and his team would go on to release a director's cut of the first game for the Super Famicom in 2000, which ended up being the last officially released title for the console. Mario Kart 64 cemented the racing genre as a staple on the N64. This led to many more racers being made for the system, but not all of them crossed the finish line. Kyle Petty's No Fear Racing 64 was a tech demo of sorts that shared its name with a previous title on the Super Nintendo. The title was unveiled during the initial reveal of the Ultra 64 in 1995. Only a handful of screenshots were shown, featured in issue number 4 of French gaming magazine's CD consoles. The game was being developed by Leland Interactive and was being published by William entertainment, with no reason given for its cancellation. The scrapped Wild Waters by Looking Glass was announced at E399 and would have had several game modes that boasted impressive water physics for the time. However, the studio was facing serious financial issues. Looking Glass ended up closing down in May 2000, with Wild Water going under with them. A dump of the game was found by the ROM group Team Carrot and uploaded online in April 2012. This build only features the first level, which, when completed, the player's kayak falls out of bounds. Looking Glass worked on another N64 racer called Mini Racers, also revealed during E399. Mini Racers had both single and multiplayer modes, with multiplayer working in either split-screen or top-down mode, akin to Rare's RC Pro-Am games. The game even had a track editor that allowed players to make their own courses. Mini Racers was playable at several trade shows that year, but failed to materialize after Looking Glass closed its doors. Even so, in May 2000, IGN said a source affiliated with the studio claimed Mini Racers was in the hands of Nintendo, having been completed and approved. Nothing came from this, though in April 2012, Team Carrot released a ROM of Mini Racers, though as expected, the build is far from complete. Tamiya Racing was a title developed by Intermetrics, yet again in association with Looking Glass. In 2012, an early prototype surfaced on eBay from a seller who also had possession of the Wild Waters prototype. Prototype. The cart sold for $1,358.33, and by April 5th, the ROM was dumped online, once again thanks to the efforts of Team Carrot. Angel Studios' Buggy Boogie went through several changes before being shelved. It was announced for the Ultra 64 in 1995, originally being a much darker game that centered around arena mech battles, with cars being able to eat the competition and take on different forms. While under the Dream Team umbrella, Angel Studios worked closely with Nintendo 
Nintendo on the project, even under the watchful eye of Miyamoto, who felt the game wasn't hitting its stride. He told the team to try and find the fun in their game and checked in on them every three months. Over time, the game took on a more lighthearted tone, similar to Mario Kart, and a 97 preview from N64.com said it was over half complete, believing it'd be released later that year. However, after nine months of progress, Miyamoto wasn't seeing any finished game coming out of it. He assigned the studio onto a fantasy golfing game, which also never saw release. Not all was lost for Buggy Boogie, however, as some of its assets were repurposed for the 64DD title Mario Artist Polygon, specifically the game's Jeekin World segment. Developed by Seta, Rev Limit made its debut at Space World 96. The game had a mixed reception from journalists who praised its visuals, but not its gameplay, citing it as somewhat slow. The game was slated for release in the first quarter of 97, though it was later pushed back to 98. Rev Limit was a no-show at that year's E3, and when IGN reached out to Seta, they said it was going through some retooling. In 99, Rev Limit made the jump to the disk drive and would make use of the system's online capabilities. Unfortunately, Seta ran into financial troubles around this time, and the game was soon cancelled. Come 2016, a pre-production card of the game cropped up at a Yahoo Auctions lot in Japan, with the build being from 99. The cartridge was discovered and purchased by the Japanese user Retro Game TV, who later uploaded footage of it to their YouTube channel. With the release of the original Hydro Thunder on N64, Midway had plans for a Hydro Thunder 2. Although it was scrapped, the game received a spiritual successor in 2009. This was H2 Overdrive, developed by Raw Thrills, a team featuring devs from the original Hydro Thunder. In 2010, a proper sequel was released on Xbox Live Arcade titled Hydro Thunder Hurricane. Another racing title on N64 was Beetle Adventure Racing. The game received near-universal acclaim from fans and reviewers alike, so it seemed likely there'd be a sequel. Developers at Paradigm never released another installment, and it wasn't until 2013 where it was discovered a sequel was in the works at some point. The name of the game showed up on a developer's resume, citing the game as an N64 title slated for release in 2000. F1 World Grand Prix 3 appeared on the same resume. Given the info on the resume, it seems the game would have been a spruced-up iteration of F1 World Grand Prix 2, but it never came to be. A racing game called VRS was in the works under developer Marigal and would have taken it advantage of the N64 microphone, used with games such as Hey You Pikachu. Players would give out voice commands to control their driving, though nothing else was shared about the title. Studio Japan System Supply had a racer in the works called Cavalry Battle 3000. The title would have been somewhat similar to Road Rash, but all there is to go on is a single screenshot and a brief description of the game. While there were plenty of racing titles on N64, one genre that seemed underutilized was the sports genre. Acclaimed sports soccer, also titled Ultra Soccer, was in the works at Probe Entertainment. The game was conceived in 1996 with a 98 release as the target, but the game was pushed back to 99. Strong competition from EA and Konami's own soccer games had the team worried, so they decided to redo their game from the ground up. Given this was their second time delaying the game, things looked grim. An acclaimed press release from April 99 said the game would be playable at E3 with a full release later that August, but these plans fell through and it was ultimately shelved. The unreleased title Hockey Drome was announced in a European magazine in March of 95 and was set to be published by Activision. The game was allegedly shown at CES 95 and was also planned for a release on PS1 and the Sega 32X. Given the title, we can only assume it would have been a hockey game. Surf Assault is a scrapped arcade surfing game from Looking Glass that used the water physics engine seen in Wild Waters. The game's cast was made up of anthropomorphic characters to separate it from the other surfing games of the era and was said to be similar in tone to Mario Kart. The story centered on a surfing contest taking place in outer space. Jetball was made by British studio Codemasters and was said to be similar to Pong with a futuristic flair. The game emerged from a batch of concepts made by a six-man team that had worked on Micro Machine 64. Another concept from this batch was a mini-golf game called Birdie. Both titles were made for the N64, but never made it out of the conception stage. UEFA Euro 98 was being developed by Power & Magic, but it didn't get far in development. The game is a bit of an outlier, as from 1996 to 2016, a UEFA soccer title was released every two years, with the 98 game being the only omission. Development was apparently taking too long to meet the deadline, and the game was scrapped. Acclaim's Austin-based studio, then known as Iguana Entertainment, had a sports game in the works,
works called Sports Immortal. It's not known when it was set for release, believed to have been sometime between 97 to 99. The game's designer shared a design doc giving an overview of the game. It was described as a futuristic sports title, a concept that came from another cancelled game from the studio called Immortal Hockey. The goal was to score as many points as possible, being done humanely or otherwise. Goals had a power zone where if the player pulled off a power shot, it had a payoff reminiscent of the NBA Jam games. The game never got the green light, and the team went on to make other titles like Turok 64 and Iggy's Wrecking Balls. Deer Hunter 64 was an entry in the Deer Hunter series. Basically, no information about the game exists aside from the name and the publisher being Microware Systems Corporation. Taking another peek at developer Looking Glass, the company were also working on a sports title called Warball. It was a dodgeball title where different dodgeballs had different attributes. One of the developers, Dan Matansky, had done some initial concept work and recalls how the game kept getting pushed back to the point where the team just lost interest and shelved it for good. Another genre that went somewhat underutilized on the N64 was the fighting genre, with several cancelled titles under its belt. Developer Ocean Software had made several attempts at making a game based off the DC Comics character Lobo. A fighting game was planned as far back as 92 for the Commodore A1200, and later for consoles such as the SNES, Genesis, and the Atari Jaguar. However, nothing ever released, with game previews citing it as a buggy mess. In issue 33 of French magazine Superpower, Ocean mentioned plans of creating a Lobo game for the Ultra 64. Because of their history of trying to make a Lobo fighting game, it's assumed this N64 game was also planned to be some sort of fighter. This game never materialized in any form. In development at Bottom Up, Toon Panic was a fighting game with a similar setup to brawlers like Rakugaki Showtime, or the more well-known Power Stone. It never saw release due to Bottom Up going under and filing for bankruptcy. In 2005, an unfinished build of the game was sold via cartridge through Yahoo Japan's auction site for $3,500. On December 3, 2008, the prototype was released to the public via Team Carrot. The build's copyright date is listed as the year 2000, and within its files are a number of placeholder graphics. Some of these graphics hail from Final Fantasy VIII, and within the ROM is a drawing of Mario's head. It's really not clear as to why these are here, but they could have been used to test the game in its early stages. Bottom Up had another fighter in the works before they closed their doors, being Chanbara Fighter, Master of Puppets. This title was announced in 99 and scheduled for a Japan-only release on December 17th that same year. The game's roster had a marionette appearance, with strings attached to their limbs. The term Chanbara roughly translates to sword fighting, with each character having their own sword-like weapon. A chef fighter named Coronet would wield a frying pan, and an old man called Bagasm fought with a pipe. There was even a story in place, with rumors of the land of Pastelpu's princess being kidnapped, sending six brave souls into action to save her. The game was set up as a one-on-one -on -one fighter, with players controlling characters with the D-pad and attacks being assigned to the C buttons or the analog stick. For one reason or another, Chanbara was cancelled. Forever Dragons was being developed by Software Creations, with designer and producer Hayden Dalton at the lead. In more recent times, Dalton is known for his work as lead designer on the first two Darksiders games. The game's stages were planned to have several layers, as opposed to the singular layer seen in fighters like Street Fighter, and the stages also had destructible elements. They also wanted the roster to be customizable, with players able to upgrade their abilities and swap characters with other players. A number of moves had been motion captured by the team, and a lot of time was put into making the game work fully. According to Dalton's LinkedIn page, however, the title was cancelled by around 97. An entry for Here You Know Ken, or Fist of the Flying Dragon series, was once being made for the disk drive. There were apparently two versions lined up for the DD, being a real and SD version. SD refers to Super Deformed, or Chibi style for the game, which was first seen in an entry for the Super Nintendo in 94 called SD Here You Know Ken. It's possible this was related to the previous title released on the base N64, but this game was never released. Another cancelled fighter was Raze by developer Interplay. Previously going under the name Realms of Valor, it was a fighter with the Dungeons & Dragons license, taking place in the Forgotten Realms universe. IGN's N64.com detailed how Interplay played with ambitious ideas for the game's multiplayer, citing two-on-two -two fights and team battles as some of the possible modes. Beyond Fighters, hack and slash games were also a rare commodity on the system, with a confirmed case of at least one getting the axe. In development around 1997, Dragon Sword originally went under the the name Dragon Storm and was in the works at Interactive Studios by the dedicated Team Storm. The game had 20 different levels spread across five worlds and over 40 weapons to choose from. It also featured co-op missions and a four-player deathmatch mode. The plan was to have it come out first on N64, with a PC release planned six months later. It was practically complete if a review from 64 
magazine is any indication. In it, the outlet gave the game a rating of 93%, lamenting the fact it wouldn't see the light of day. They even asked readers to write about their desire to see it released on an attached form. If enough were sent back, the magazine would send them off to publisher MGM in hopes they'd consider. Though these attempts were unsuccessful, a playable beta surfaced online in April 2010 thanks to an anonymous collector. In January of 2019, Pico Interactive shared the news they had obtained the rights and source code to the game, with the hope of bringing it back from the grave. They previously restored the N64 port of 40 Winks after a successful Kickstarter campaign, but Dragon Sword currently remains missing in action. In terms of shoot-'em-up games, there were a few for the 64 that ended up being shot down. One of them was Viewpoint 2064, which was described as a mix of the earlier Viewpoint games and Star Fox 64. Developer Sammy Co. was in talks with a few studios for a worldwide release. It had its first and only showing at Space World 99, with the game being cancelled not long after. It was then Viewpoint came back from the brink, with Sammy Co. planning to showcase it at the Tokyo Game Show in September 2000, aiming for release in Japan by November 24th. This would be the final update for the game before it disappeared. In 2015, a playable prototype surfaced on eBay for an asking price of $3,000. Soon after, YouTuber Rama Shatan got in contact with the buyer, who sent them a recording. Dazemon DD was an expansion to a pre-existing shoot-'em-up that exclusively released in Japan in 98. The base game's editor mode reveals there was some kind of connection between the two games planned, but not much else is known about the expansion. The pinball genre also has a few absent titles on the N64, such as Digital Eclipse's Adam's Family Pinball. It was based on the real-life pinball machine, which stands as the best-selling pinball machine of all time. One of the machine's coders, Jeff Vavisauer, said the game came into existence because a home version was seen as the next live step. The team had a model comprised of 90,000 polygons which would be scaled down appropriately for whatever console it would be ported to. It also had accurate physics, featuring a mocap system used for real pinball tables. Things were going smoothly, but in late 99, the publisher GT Interactive had second thoughts about the viability of a pinball game, and soon dropped the project. There were also plans for release on the PC and rumors of a PS1 version, but these fell through as well. No screenshots of the game exist, as it never existed in an assembled state. Another pinball title was Palladium, being developed by a small European studio called Progressive Media. They showed it off to Titus at the European Computer Trade Show in 99, but the publisher passed on it. The team tried their hand at the title once more, planning to release it on the Game Boy Advance, but again failed to find a publisher. There were a few N64 puzzle games that never saw the light of day either. Like Thunder Go was a puzzle game by Togoyo Inc., based on the Chinese board game Go. It first appeared in issue 41 of Edge magazine on a list of upcoming N64 games for Japan, with a planned release date of January 97. A single screenshot of the title was shown in issue 90 of EGM, which came out the same year Go was planned for. Ironically, Go never got far along. The puzzle platformer Freak Boy was being developed by Zono Inc. and published by Virgin. This title was first showcased at E3 96, originally under the name Stacker. Former VP of Design at Virgin, Julian Rignall, played an early demo and thought highly of it, even saying it was one of the greatest games ever made. Playing as the titular character, players could absorb three artifacts at a time to make up Freak Boy's head, chest, and feet, having a variety of abilities to play around with. An excerpt from GamePro had Freak Boy listed for a first quarter 97 release, but this was later pushed to late 98. The game went through a number of changes at the request of Virgin, being reworked from the ground up twice during development. By 1998, the game was put on indefinite hold and was never picked up again. Rignall told IGN, It was a combination of idiots, morons, and stupid management decisions. Development dragged on for years and it just never got anywhere. By the time it kind of reached a point where the game was playable, the code was so unstable and badly put together they couldn't actually build a game out of it. Years later in September 2015, a reader of Unseen 64 had stumbled across a working prototype of Freak Boy at a car boot sale. The anonymous reader bought the cart and later uploaded snippets of early alpha footage for the world to see. Another canned puzzle title came from an unexpected franchise. Dragon Ball Z Block Butaden was in the works for N64, apparently being made by SETA Corporation. Given that SETA almost exclusively make puzzle games, coupled with the word block in the title, it's likely this would have been a puzzle game with a Dragon Ball flair. Aside from the name appearing on an advertisement for the 64DD, no info about this game is known.
A few strategy games never got their time to shine on the system, such as another title by SETA that was shown at Space World 1999. Gendai Dai Senryaku Ultimate War was another entry in the War Sim series Dai Senryaku, and would have supported the 64DD's RANnet online service, where up to four players could connect. It went through a few changes, but the game was scheduled for a Spring 2000 release. By August that same year, SETA announced the game would revert back to the base model N64, with a playable showing at that year's Space World event. This version didn't get released either. Another RTS was Clever Trick's Echo Delta, revealed at Space World 2000. As an RTS game with RPG and action elements taking place underwater, the main goal was raising your ship to the surface by finding resources on the sea bottom. Players had an 18-minute time limit to accomplish this, with finding resources helping your submarine survive longer alongside weapon upgrades. IGN had the chance to play a preview of the game, and were told it was 90% complete, and scheduled for a December 2000 release in Japan. They were unsure about an international release, but believed it wouldn't be out of the question as most of the game's text was written in English. Still, nothing ever arose in any region. There's also plenty of N64 games from somewhat niche genres that were scrapped. Wet Corpse was a survival horror title in the works at Vic Tokai, and allegedly took a page out of Resident Evil's book. Few story details are known, but upon starting the game, the player would already be dead. The game was also being developed for the Sega Saturn, but both versions ended up getting cancelled, with nothing to show for it. Hasire no Kuno Uma, or Run My Horse, was an animal simulation game being made by Culture Brain. Aside from it potentially being some sort of pet game or horse racing sim, no further information exists. Carnivale was in development at Terraglyph Interactive and was based on the 1999 film of the same name. Described by IGN as an odd circus-style platform game, it was first announced at E399. Vatical Entertainment told IGN in September 2000 it would see a release on December 5th that year, but the date came and went with no sign of Carnivale. On February 8, 2001, Vatical announced the game would likely never come out on the console. Terraglyph had recently laid off several team members, leaving the game in an unfinished state. Vatical claimed the game was around 50-60% to 60 finished, and at the time were unsure whether to pass the project over to another developer or simply can the game. Ultimately, they chose the latter option. The game Derby Day was a visual novel developed by both Aquamarine and Chunsoft, led by Chunsoft's founder Koichi Nakamura. Derby Day was believed to come out before the end of 1999, but not much else is known about the title, or why it was cancelled. Developed by Lobotomy Studios, Caesar's Palace 64 was a gambling title based on the real-world casino of the same name. The game featured a fully 3D rendition of the building with multiple floors and a variety of rooms. To work around the lack of voiceover, the game's designers came up with an animation system that gave the models a large amount of facial expressions, which had sites like IGN rather impressed. It was planned for a Summer 99 release, specifically August 2nd, and carried an M rating. It was cancelled for unknown reasons. Redemption was a 3D adventure game that combined puzzle and platform elements, from multiple viewpoints in an open-world fashion. Being developed by Cranberry Source, the game first made the rounds in 96 in several magazines. Redemption was one of three projects the studio were working on at the time, and studio co-founder John Rittman touted it as their magnum opus. In April 98, Rittman and other Cranberry staff were hired by Argonaut Games, which likely contributed to Redemption being shelved. There's also two Nintendo 64 games where their genre, among among other things, is completely unknown. Developed by Lobotomy Software, Aquario was the studio's first project for the N64. When the company was acquired by Crave, the studio was renamed to Lobotomy Studios, and they were put to work on the aforementioned Caesar's Palace 64. Nothing further came from Aquaria. And from Game Tech, there was a game called Crazy Cajun Carl. One of the game's artists shared work she had done on the game through her website, showcasing several characters and 3D models. 